0: Happy Mother's Day. Can you unwrap that for me, Melinda? Your microphone for mom. Um, so, uh, in honor of mothers today, I, uh, I, so many incredible, incredible mothers in the room. Uh, some that I just uh, know a little bit better than the others, but just know and watch and see and observe uh, just how amazing you are as as moms. Re- you really are absolutely incredible. Um, today, I wanna do something where I would like for you to hear um, from a mom. And um, I'm probably a little biased, uh, but I want you to hear from my mom uh, today. And uh, yeah, she really does deserve that. She's not just my mom. She's uh, Brent's mom, I don't know if you knew that or not, and uh, that's Brent's mom as well, and that's Melinda's mom, and, and then we have another uh, older brother that um, he just doesn't like us, so he doesn't know. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm kidding. No, he lives in Grand Blank. Uh, him and his family go to a church uh, over up there uh, in the Grand Blank area, and uh, so, um, so I, I asked my mom if, if she would come and if I was able to maybe ask her a few questions. And in hopes that uh, you are encouraged, uh, maybe uh, challenged to some degree, uh, but mostly encouraged. That's really what we. That's really the goal around here. We want you to walk away going, "Okay, I can do this. I can do that." And uh, and so uh, that's that's the goal. So, uh, mom, come on up. Come on up. Give my mom another round of applause if you wouldn't mind. mom, come on over, have a seat. Here we go, that's your mic. Yeah, (laughs) this is not easy thing to do, absolutely not. Let's just move this table out of the way, mom. Sorry. All right. So what, I think what everybody here is wondering, uh, just off the bat, is in spite of you know, the fact that um, I'm not the oldest, I'm not the youngest, and I'm not the girl in the family. How was it that I turned out so awesome? (laughs) That's kind of what you are wondering, right? No? Okay. All right. Okay. Maybe not. Maybe not. Um, What... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I warned her that yeah, I was going to do that. So. I didn't warn my siblings. And my, my sister's in the front row just furious right now. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, I, what surprised I, you most about being a mom?
1: Well, the responsibility of it. I mean, it's, it's an incredible responsibility. And it doesn't really end with, you know, when they're children. It still goes on, you know, even now married. You know, it's preparing someone to move out of your house and live on their own and be successful. I mean, that's an awesome responsibility.
0: Yeah. So I, um, and maybe even our, uh, Eric, who's, who's our, the oldest, um, he b- vaguely remembers your parents. I never met and Melinda and Brent, of course, never met your parents. Um, where did you, so you lost, you were young uh, when you lost your parents. Um, wh- where did you go f- for advice? Where did you get information about being a parent?
1: Well, I was 20. I was already married, and I had a baby when my mom died. And um, Russ and I had gotten saved, probably two years prior to that, and so we had a good church. We, we had a strong church family, and Amen. there was um, my friends' moms just would come beside me and encourage me and show me things and tell me things, and
0: um, so really it was, it was... So you relied on the church, a lot of the church family and a lot of friends and yeah. uh, connections uh, through, through the church... Um, for that, um, what was your favorite stage as a as a mom? Uh, infant, uh, uh, toddler, uh, elementary age, teen years, adult. What was your? What do you think was your?
1: Well, I really NY? liked them all. I think my favorite stage is babies. The <laughs> they don't talk. They don't
0: talk back. They just, no, they don't yeah, talk
1: yeah. back. Yeah. They don't have their own ideas yet. You know, know. They pretty much you know, stay where you put them. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I like them all. I, I enjoyed my toddlers and my school-age kids. They, when they start to learn to read and write, it's so cool. I mean, you can have conversations. You can talk about books that you read that they're reading. And, um, my teens, my teens, for the most part. I mean, they, I, we certainly had our issues, but um, for the most part, she's being part, kind right for now. The is, most she's part, really, they were, they were good. <laughs> and Chris's motto in those days was, What mom doesn't know? What so,
0: terrible s- advice. That, that's not something I would ever <laughs> want you to write down. Some of the things like, I'll tell you when to write things down if I, <laughs> that's not something that I would like you to do.
1: Some yeah. of the shenanigans that, Christed. I have literally heard about as he's preached in this church. <laughs> so, um, but they, you know, basically they were great, <laughs> awesome.
0: So, um, you know, a, a lot of times moms, parents, uh, feel inadequate. Uh, I don't know if you feel that way. Sometimes uh, we feel inadequate. What are some of the moments that um, where you didn't feel like you were enough or you didn't feel adequate as a, as a mother? And the second part of that question is, how did God change your perspective? Felt inadequate moments that you didn't feel like you were enough? How did God change your perspective?
1: Well, I learned to rely on God. Obviously, I- have a mom to turn to, and um, so I think I felt inadequate every day. I, mean, I, I think parenting is hard. It's, um, you're Like I said, it's the responsibility thing, you know, and I just learned to rely on the Lord. When I lost my parents, and I had a teenage sister that, you know, had a car and had a place to live, and she was, you know, 15. Um, I mean, that's a big responsibility. I just, I really just had to turn to the Lord and I just had to say, you know, I can't do this, (laughs) you know, Mm. you have to show
0: me how to do it. So what are, what are some things that um, the Lord taught you? What did, what are some things that you felt like were helpful in getting through each day as a, as a mom?
1: Well, I spent time with the Lord every day. I prayed for my kids feel like that's so important. You know, the world, the world just wants your kids. They, they wanna, the devil wants to steal and destroy. And the, the, what better place than to take your kids and mm. wreck their lives? So that's really
0: important. You mentioned, um, you know, you're sp- praying. What's so important about praying over your kids? Why is that Why is that important?
1: Well, I think your, your kids should see you pray, and I think your kids will learn the importance of prayer when they see you doing it.
0: And you they need, want you to hold up the mic a little bit more. There
1: you go. <laughs> um, you need to, I think you need to cover them. You, you need to cover them in prayer and so that they're safer. You know, I used to pray a hedge of protection around them, um, especially when you send them out into the world, you know, where there's so many negative influences.
0: Yeah, I, I think there uh, there was oftentimes, probably not every morning, but oftentimes I would come downstairs, and, and uh, as you walk down the stairs, uh, to the left is um, our little, um, I don't know, family room living, room, living room, living room, and... And there was always a chair in the corner of that living room where I would oftentimes see my mom. And my mom would be sitting there, you know, up earlier than we were, of course, and just sitting there with her, with her Bible open. And um, so that was a, uh, just a tremendous example for myself and, and Eric and Melinda and Brent uh, to, to, to commonly see that. Um, and that was, I think that was an integral part of, um, you know, us, I mean, we weren't perfect kids by any means. I think she's really being generous here, but, um, but just uh, just our protection that, that was over us. We really uh, felt that and, and, and knew that there was, there was God who had us covered, like, uh, like she mentioned. Um, what advice do you have for parents uh, who are raising kids today? What advice do you have for them?
1: Well, first and foremost, love them. I think discipline's important too, setting boundaries. Uh, I think boundaries make them feel safer and and secure. If they know how they're supposed to act, that's what they'll do. um, Because ultimately they want to please you.
0: You mentioned discipline. Um, (laughs) What uh, what would you say was, some of the approaches to your discipline and were we different in, in the way that you had to discipline us?
1: Yes, you were all different. Um, <laughs> some of you needed stronger discipline like spankings. And some spankings? Of you didn't, <laughs> some of you didn't respond <laughs> well to spankings. But, um, you, Chris, when you were younger, just a look you'd straighten so, um, She's
0: five foot, but she's scary. <laughs> like, when she gets that angry look on her face, it was scary. It was intimidating. Who didn't mind spankings?
1: Oh, Brent. Brent, Brent,
0: Brent would didn't say, mind.
1: just give me a spanking. So he, <laughs> so he could get on with life, go back to what he was doing.
0: Brent, I remember a lot of wooden spoons broken uh, over... Well, not broken, over, yeah. but...
1: I did carry
0: a wooden spoon in my purse. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs>
1: absolutely. <They> were, yeah.
0: <laughs> we knew it was there. We knew it was there. So we didn't, we didn't mess with her. We certainly didn't mess with her. Um, so, you know, just, you know, you said discipline, uh, setting boundaries, just loving them. Uh, that's, I think that's great advice, absolutely. Um, we, you know, the, one of the things that I think uh, me and um, you know, Melinda and Bren and Eric wrestle with is, you let our kids get away with so much. <laughs> we were never allowed to get away with some of the things that you let our kids get away with. Why? (laughs) Out of curiosity.
1: Well, I learned what's important. And um, also, I don't want to be, you know, I want to be fun Grammy. And and I want them to want to come over. And, you know, it it doesn't really matter if there's a stain on the carpet now. Doesn't.
0: We were never allowed to eat on the couch. Like we were never allowed to go and watch TV and eat on the couch. And I will go and pick up my kids or something like that. They're all just eating on the couch and crumbs everywhere, cookies, you know, ice creams, you know, as big as I don't even know how, what size that is. That's not any regular size ice cream that they have. But uh, so just just the fact that you just, you know, you're Grammy and you want you want them to enjoy you and be around you and and um,
1: and nothing I have is you know of any value compared to them yeah. you know? when you just learn that when yeah, when you get
0: through it. yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you want just last question I'll let you off the hook um, and just hold it up so everybody can hear because I think this is important what do you want your how do you want to be remembered how do you want to be remembered by your your kids and how do you want to be remembered by your grandkids
1: I want my kids and my grandkids to know that I love the Lord with my whole heart and that I loved them, I say to them more than life, um, that they'll always be accepted and just that I loved them just beyond belief. If God gives you such a love in, mm-hmm. in your heart and it just, you know, it just spills out, you just can't help it. I want them to know that I love the Lord and served him. And ultimately, that's what my kids are doing. They're all grown now, and they're all great parents, and they love the Lord and serve him. So what more could I ask
0: you? Amen. Amen. <laughs> Happy Mother's Day. Thanks. That's my mom. Yep, that's my mom. I don't know how many times we've gone to places and they're like, "Oh, is this your wife?" I'm like, "No, (laughs) (laughs) this is my mom." Come on, (laughs) she looks young and I look old, and I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. So, um, you know, just I hope that that was, in some some degree, for you, especially moms, uh, was helpful. Encouragement to you, uh, boy. I think it's just always important to understand that He's God. Jesus is our source. He's our source, and uh, and, and 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 if you're investing time into the Lord and abiding in the Lord he's going to give you the strength he's going to give you what you need in order for you to what I think is that I believe as a mom that your ministry your ministry is to your kids your ministry is to your kids that's that's your ministry I know I know um, you know for my wife you know uh, sometimes she tries to be at everything we could possibly have around here and do around here as a church but my wife knows that her first and foremost responsibility and call is to her, her children, our children. And uh, that's what her, her responsibility is. And, and for you moms, it is as well. This is, God has entrusted you uh, with them and, and God wants you to nurture them. And understand though that man, without him, without Jesus, Jesus said you can do nothing. When you're not connected or abide on the vine as a branch, and you're disconnected from the Lord, you're, it's hard to be the kind of person, be the kind of mother, be the kind of parent that God has called you to be. So I just wanna take the next few minutes and I wanna talk about um, another uh, young man who was a godly, godly young man and how he became what we, now, we know as, uh, his name was Timothy. And uh, Paul was sort of this, uh, the apostle Paul was the spiritual father uh, to this young man named Timothy in the Bible. And Timothy was a, was a, uh, a man of God uh, who honored God in his life and, and served Jesus, um, you know, and, and it, Timothy was devoted. I mean, Timothy was um, absolutely incredible. As a matter of fact, I don't know if this is appropriate or not, but Timothy, in order for him to reach people in order for him to reach people, he was willing to get circumcised as a man, as a young man, uh, in order for him to reach a certain people group. And that's, to me, dedication right there, if you ask me. That's a demonstration of incredible amount of willingness to want to serve Jesus. And if you don't know what circumcision is you can look that up on your own. Uh, I wanna explain that. But... Um, that's dedication right there that he wanted. He's like, if I need to do this, I'll do this in order for people to know Jesus. That's how important it was. How did Timothy become that? How did, where did Timothy get that from? Uh, well, it tells us. And when Paul wrote a letter to Timothy, he wrote a couple letters to Timothy specifically, which is what we have in our New Testament, a couple of these letters that he wrote to Timothy. And it, it, it tells us this in 2 Timothy uh, chapter one in verse number five. He says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you. So Paul's writing this letter to Timothy. He says, I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure that it is in you as well. So he's saying, Paul is crediting, you know, giving credit to his grandmother Lois and his mother Eunice for this sincere Faith, for the faith that, that Timothy has, the devotion that Timothy has you know, to serving the Lord and to honoring God in his life and doing what he's supposed to be doing. Listen, you're, you as a mother or you as a grandmother have opportunity to make tremendous impact on your kids, and it's not too late. It's not too late. It's not too late to influence. You may not be able to tell your kids what to do anymore. You may not be able to boss them around or carry around a wood spoon in your purse you know, anymore. That doesn't, that's not effective anymore. But I got, I got a news for you. You have an opportunity to influence, influence your kids. And the way that you can influence your kids, the way that you show your kids that, that your relationship with Jesus is, is the most important thing that they could have in their life is that you have a faith that was sincere, a faith that's sincere. And, and, and that's what you know, Lois was, that's what Eunice was, and that's what they instilled into Timothy. Now, we only, we only really know one thing about Timothy's father. What we know is that Timothy's father was a Greek man, and most likely he was not a Christian, he was not a believer, and so here's Eunice married to this guy who's not really a, a Jesus follower. He's not really living for the Lord and not really sure if he's bought into all this. Listen, that doesn't exempt anyone from, not, from raising their kids in the way that, that God wants you to raise your kids. That just because you don't maybe have the support of you know, a significant other or support of a spouse in, in your life that you know, isn't urging you or pushing you towards having a sincere faith, it doesn't say. Well, you know, you just do the best you can. No, his grandmother, his mother, they had a sincere faith. You say, what does that mean to have a sincere faith? Well, here's what I think it means. It means that they didn't just talk about it, they lived it. They didn't just talk about how their faith. They didn't just come to church or sing some songs and listen to a sermon and then go on about their life and do you know do whatever they wanted to do and you know and 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 you know that that's not what they, it was a it was demonstrated, it was exhibited, it was shown. You know, the, the, uh, trust me, The part of the reason why I, I, I am what I am today and, and, and stand before you here this morning is because I saw my mother demonstrate her faith. It wasn't just something that you did, we did on a Sunday. That's not sincere faith. That's called religion. And we're not interested in religion around here. I don't like religion. I hope that you don't like religion. That's not what we're interested in. We're interested in a relationship in Jesus. It's by faith in Jesus that your sins are redeemed. Your sins are forgiven. You are set free from the bondage of sin and that you can know what it means to be forgiven of of those sins and walk into a place called eternal life where he is and where you will be with him forever. Doesn't that sound like a good plan? That's called grace, by the way. And that's not religion. Religion is you, you do it out of obligation or you do things out of because you should. That's not what I'm talking about here. You do it. We do. We serve. We live for Jesus because of what Jesus has done for us. It's not because I'm supposed to or I have to or I should. It's not because of my good works or my good deeds that's gonna make God happy with me. No, the final work, the finished work was done on the cross with Jesus. Jesus did all of the work for us. It's simply through faith. In him of what gives us the opportunity to say you know what if he did that for me if Jesus paid my sin debt for me and I don't have to pay that sin debt anymore all I have to do is put my faith in him, and then I get to be forgiven and have eternal life, boy, I'm going to live my life for him. He paid the ultimate debt for you. Come on. Has anybody ever paid a debt for you or loaned you some money? Don't you just want to do things for them? Like, don't you just want to, like, aren't you just, like, a little extra nicer to them because of this generosity or this sacrifice that they made for you? Listen, Jesus made the ultimate sacrifice for us. Jesus paid a debt that you couldn't and I couldn't pay. And out of that faith in him, I want to live it. I want to live it. I don't want to just talk about it. I want to live it. I want to have I want to be a demonstration of faith by the way when you read the Bible read James you know read the book of James who James you say who's James James is the brother of Jesus the brother of Jesus growing up with Jesus in your household how intimidating would that be right and how hard would it be to have the your brother as the son of God I mean come on everything that he did was perfect everything that he did was right and you have that brother boy what would it take for you to be convinced that your brother was the son of God, come on. But James was convinced, why? Because James saw Jesus alive. And when James saw Jesus die and he saw Jesus alive, it changed everything for James. And he said, you are my Lord, you're my Lord. And James said this, if you read James, it's about this. He says, don't just be hearers, but be doers. Don't talk about your faith. Live it out. Show me your faith. Like, don't just say I have faith. I got faith. Yeah, I got faith. Again, that's religion. That's religion. Faith is something that's demonstrated. Faith is something that's seen. Faith is something that's worked out. Faith works. It really does. Faith works. Living those things out every single day, practically, that's a demonstration of faith. Lois Eunice showed that to Timothy. And when Paul wrote this letter, he said, hey, your grandmother, your mother, they had sincere faith. Meaning they didn't talk about it. They lived it. They didn't just tell you about this or that or, and, and, you know, and, and make you know, going to worship just a part of a, another thing that they do. But no, they lived It out. Parents, moms, it's not too late. It's not too late to decide my life is going to be lived out for Jesus. And when you decide to do that, and it may not happen overnight, and it may not happen within weeks, and it may not happen within months, and it may happen within years, or who knows, it may never happen, but you've decided to live. For Jesus. And when they peer in and when they look into your life, you know what they're gonna see, parents? You know what they're gonna see, moms? They're gonna see a life that's been changed. And that's a sincere faith. That's sincere. That's real. Don't just have faith. Lots of people have that. Have a sincere faith. Timothy's faith was sincere. Not only, you say, How do I get there? Well, what does this mean? Well, he, look what it says in, verse, uh, in chapter 3 now, in verse 12. He says, Indeed, all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, that's encouraging, right? Boy, you just, aren't you glad you came to church today to see that? You're like, okay, now he's telling me to live godly. You know, he's telling me to live, to have a sincere faith. But here, I need to tell you this, that when you do that, you're gonna be persecuted. There's gonna be hardships. There's gonna be, why? Because we're going against the current of culture. We're going against the current of the world. We're going against the current of spiritual warfare. And now you say, ah, this is where I sort of check out. This is where things get a little weird. But listen, I, I, I just gotta help you understand something. There's a spiritual thing happening. And when you want to live for Jesus, there's gonna be pushback. There's gonna be fight. There's gonna be opposition. And for them, and it probably isn't even for us, but for them, there was persecution. You're not gonna be persecuted. Now, you could go somewhere in the world and and, and claim to be a Christian, and you will experience persecution in the world. You can travel around the world, not in this country. You're not gonna experience persecution. You might experience a little insult. You might experience a little pushback. You might experience a little animosity, but it's part of living godly part of it. I'm sorry, but it is. Verse 13, but evil men and imposters will proceed from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. It's just, unfortunately, it's just gonna get Go from bad to worse. It's just gonna continue to do that. Anybody notice that at all, by the way? Do you notice how that goes? I mean, you remember how things were 20 years ago? I mean, if you, if you don't, I mean, you remember, I mean, you know, when we went to the mall, remember we could be left, my, my parents, I know, this is, my mom didn't tell you this, but she left us alone at the mall while they would go shopping for us at Christmas time, And we were just fine. You aren't gonna do that today. No way. You're not gonna do that today. But listen, it's just how things are. It's how things are in culture. Verse 14, you, however, now this is only talking to those who are Christians. He's talking to Timothy. You, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them. Who did Timothy learn them from? Lois and Eunice, right? He's like, you remember how you learned and you became convinced of these things? They were, they were taught by your mother. They were taught by your grandmother. You were convinced that you knowing from who you've learned them. Verse 15, and that from childhood, you have known the sacred writings, which are able to give you wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Then he says this, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. So that, why is this important? So that the man of God or the person of God, the woman of God, the man of God, the woman of God, so that the person of God may be adequate, equipped for every good work. So, Timothy, because of his mother and his grandmother, his faith was sincere. And the reason why his faith was sincere and the reason why he was adequate and the reason why he was equipped because he was faithful to the sacred writings. He was faithful to the sacred writings. Listen, you gotta be faithful to the sacred writings. Faithful to the word of God because all scripture is inspired. Now, when Paul wrote this to Timothy, he was talking about Old Testament scriptures. He was talking about the sacred writings of the Old Testament, which, you know what the Old Testament is all about? It's all about Jesus. The Old Testament is all about Jesus. The Old Testament is is type and shadow of Jesus who is the Christ to come to be the savior of the world. And all you have to do is put your faith in him. That's what the Old Testament is all about. Every story and every idea and every tradition and every system and every prophet and every commandment all points to one person. His name is Jesus. It all points to him. Listen, listen. I'm telling you. Now, you can have all sorts of issues with the Old Testament. You can poke into all these holes. Listen, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I love to have a conversation with you if you wanna, if you wanna talk about those things. I would love to have a conversation with you about it over, over coffee. I'll buy and you can ask all the questions and I'll answer them how I can. But listen, it, it, it's like this. How many of you ever seen the movie Sixth Sense? Ever, this is a terrible example. Have you seen the movie The Sixth Sense, right? <laughs> right? Okay. All right. If I'm sorry, spoiler alert, he's dead. If you've never seen it, he's dead. Okay. All right. But you can only see that movie twice. You can only see that movie twice. You watch it the first time and you're like, at the end, you're like, he's dead. How did I miss that? He's, dead. of course he's dead. He's dead, of course. And then you, then you watch it again, and then you see all the things. You're like, oh, he wasn't really looking at her, was he? You know what I'm talking about? Everybody would shake your head. Okay, good. Like, he wasn't really, he, you, you, if you watch it again, if you go back and you can go, yes, this is how, I, sh- I didn't see that. I didn't see that. That's the Old Testament. Now, listen, here's what I'm not telling you to do. I'm not telling you to read through the Old Testament and then go back and read through it again. That's not what I'm telling you to do. What I'm telling you to do is the first time a nation that was under a covenant with God missed him. They missed him but, and, they, and they crucified him. But, but good thing it was all a part of the providential plan of God. Like it was all. As a matter of fact, written in the Old Testament was the fact that they were gonna miss their Christ. They were gonna miss their Savior, and they were gonna crucify Him on a tree. By the way, all in the Old Testament. You can go through the Old Testament, and you can see there He is. There He is. There He is. There He is. But in our story, He's alive, and He's not dead. Amen. He's alive. And he's saying to Timothy, hey, you know what your mom, your grandmother taught you? To be faithful to the sacred writings. Because this is the source. This is gonna give you and equip you to live out a sincere faith. Everything that you need to know about life, mom, dad, young person. Everything that you need to know about life is in here. And if you need help with anything, I'm telling you, I would, again, love to sit down with you. We can have a meal together. Again, I'll buy. I don't know why you're missing on these opportunities. I will buy a meal and you can just, I don't get this. I don't understand. I don't know what he's, listen, I would be happy to, and I'm not just the only one. There's a lot of people in this room right now that would be honored to sit down with you and help you understand the sacred writings called. God's inspired word, which means it is God breathed out onto a page. It's breath on a page. That's what it is. It's not just history. It is history. It's his story, but it's all, and because it's all about Jesus, but it's breath on a page, and it's for you. It's for you to live out with a sincere faith, to be equipped and adequate for every good work. You know who taught Timothy that? His mom. His grandma. Grammy. That's who taught Timothy. Moms, you are incredible. You're incredible. And if moms, they see you with some sort of sincere faith, it will radically, listen, I know it sounds, this is preacher talk. I know this sounds like preacher talk, but it's true. It will radically, radically transform your home. It will. But they gotta see it demonstrated in you. Father, thanks for the day. Thanks for these moms. They deserve this day. They've earned it. Every one of them. They're incredible. They're amazing. They're faced with challenges every single day. They're faced with difficulties, just like it means to what it looks like to live out Christianity, to live out this faith that we're going to face some pushback. They face that every day as just a parent, a mom. They feel that. They get that resistance. They feel that pushback. They feel like they're moving against the grain of the world. And I pray, Lord, that they know that the source of their strength is found in you, a relationship with you, and that the way that they live it out and the practical way that they can live it out is being faithful to your sacred writings that you've inspired, that you've empowered to equip us to do good in a world that seems to be not so great. God, thank you for the day. Thank you for each mom. Pray you bless blessing. In Jesus' name, amen.